Shut up and sit down. And she says, do you love me? And I say, no, but that's a real nice ski mask. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this is the quiet part loud. If you didn't already know, I'm your host, Daryl, as always, if you didn't already know. And this is episode 32. Start of a brand new week. Sun is shining. Wind is blowing. But all things are heading in the right direction. And on that note, I'd like to say a huge thank you to everybody out there that's listening. Uh, we see you and it's appreciated. The numbers are heading the right way. And that must mean, at least to some of you out there, we're doing something right. And for that, we're grateful. And for that, we're going to keep doing what we do. So, like I said, episode 32. And we're just going to get straight into it, guys. I mean, you go to sleep on a Sunday night, you wake up, and the whole world's different, right? Tiger Woods is making a comeback. It's moving day in Jerusalem, and so many things have happened, and the day's not even done yet. So let's wait and see what the rest of this week holds for us, because it's shaping up to be a bit of an interesting one. Uh, but I think I think today we're just going to kind of generally catch up, chill out, talk about you know what the fuck is going on, what's been going on. And uh, maybe put the world to rights a little bit. Who knows? But uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. And I want to start with uh, this weekend's uh, UFC. UFC 224 from Brazil. Uh, the last episode, obviously, was a preview show. Uh, and <coughs> I owe you guys a little bit of an apology, I think. Because, you know, I said blatantly, don't stay up and watch this one. Press record. There might be a couple good fights. Blah, blah, blah. Well, fuck me, was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, the most finishes on a UFC card in years, if not ever. I got to check that out, out, actually, because it's either the most ever or the most in like seven years or something like that. But effectively, there were 13 contests and 11 were finished. Um decisively you know um did not make it the distance and there were some i mean the beginning of the card in the prelims it was basically a jujitsu and grappling clinic right i think there there was a couple of rear naked chokes uh olianek or whatever his name olianek uh he again submitted a guy who had him mounted uh he just has this death grip where he locks up what looks like almost like a reverse Darce choke or something, and he just squeezes you into submission. And, and he did it again, and it was fucking amazing. Um, Vitor Belfort had his retirement fight, and I said on the last show that you know both him and Lyoto were looking at the back nine. And I've told you guys on previous shows, like I don't do all the fucking research, and I don't look at... You know every single person, every single person's like resume. Like I don't go back. I'm not pretending to be a statistician. I know some stats and facts and things like that. But I'm a fucking. I'm a. I'm. I am an MMA 
enthusiast. I love the UFC. I've watched every single show, so I know a little bit. And I would say that I probably know a little bit more than the average person. That's for sure. But my thing is to just bring color. And there were a couple of breakdowns that I've done where I went a little bit deeper into records and stuff. And I'm not going to do that um, for these preview shows because there's other people out there that are in that lane and I'm not in that lane. If I wanted to be in that lane, I would do the necessary research and I would come to you guys with facts checked, double checked, etc. Right? All that shit. But um, I said these guys were both at the end of their careers in terms of, you know, back nine of the career, but they're looking at the clubhouse and Vitor's on the last hole. Well, I didn't actually realize that it was his last fucking fight. Um, and that just goes to the point of like not doing this, any kind of extensive research or anything like that. And just talking shit about the event um, that is based around a sport that I love. So uh, I didn't realize it was his last fight, but it was. And fuck me, what a terrible way to go out. I mean, I think I said on the on the preview, it's really a tale of sort of which Vitor shows up and how is Machida recovered from his previous uh, defeats and losses, knockouts, etc. Well, Vitor looked 41, and every single minute of 41, a 41 in MMA terms. Um, Lyoto looked good, still slow. I mean, I still hold fast in terms of kind of where I think he is in his career, and I don't think I'd get much pushback on that. All this bullshit hype around he's back or, you know, this is a resurgence. I think we kind of need to take it easy on that, but that does not take away from the fact that Machida had just a textbook carbon copy knockout of that which Anderson Silva knocked out Vitor as well. So Vitor Belfort, not only is he an absolute legend, an absolute warrior, and should enjoy his retirement, he can now add to his accolades, the only person to be knocked out two separate on two separate occasions by a front kick to the face. I mean... It was so brutal. It couldn't have landed any more perfectly. And to be honest, I think that's a real sign of how old he was because nobody else is getting knocked out with that kick. And I'm not saying they couldn't and I'm not saying it won't happen again or it doesn't have it hasn't happened to other people, but Jesus fucking Christ. You'd think if it, if such a poster knockout was um, was used on you, you might be aware of it. But, you know, who knows what his mindset was. He was probably already checked out, like, you know, kind of seeing the end of the day and whatever, whatever. It's just a sad way to see a legend go out. Um, but I do hope he has a good retirement. I hope the story ends as well as it can for him. Uh, and, yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a career. Um, but again, there was some epic fucking fights on this card, some real, real good fights on this card. Um, the co-main event was great. Um, Kelvin came out with the win as he thought he would. Uh, and the main event was 
kind of what I described to you guys. It was just a champion in Amanda Nunez that has far too many tools, is far too clean of a stand-up striker, is far too heavy-handed, and has far too much experience for her opponent on the night. And they were fucking friends. Like, it, it was so weird, right? But the weirdest part about it was, and I'll give my thoughts on this, uh, the weirdest part about it was at the end of the fourth round, Raquel Pennington went to her corner man and her team in her corner and said, I'm done. And she was done for all intents and purposes. She was, I mean, she was just getting fucked up by that point. Her eyes were closed. Her face was mashed up. Um, her leg was just in a state of disrepair. But there's there's the question. Is is there an agreement with her corner whereby if she ever says that, they're like, no, 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 finish it out. You got one more round. And if that is an agreement between her and her corner, where do you use your better discretion as her cornerman and as her team? When do you use your better discretion to say, yeah, we would usually abide by this and we know this is a rule, etc.? But I'm sorry if if they would have stopped the fight after the fourth round, Raquel Pennington would not have been overly upset, is my guess. Because when she did come out for the fifth round, what was happening through rounds one to four, or you know, even more specifically rounds the later part of round two and then three and four, was continued right off the bat to a heightened degree in the fifth round and she just got mashed up and then she ended up getting her down and she just exploded her nose all over the fucking place and I mean it was just <clears throat> don't get me wrong I fucking love the UFC I love combat sports of all kinds but it's still painful and tough to watch when another person is just getting beaten up right like I love the sport of mixed martial arts I love the discipline involved I love the talent required athleticism involved I love all of it right all the the unique components of it I love everything about it but it's still difficult to to watch another human being get pummeled when they're effectively defenseless and Either the ref doesn't stop it or their team doesn't adhere to what they're asking them to do. Which is effectively throwing the towel on Raquel Pennington's, uh, in Raquel Pennington's case. So it's like you balance this like they're the toughest warriors on the planet versus they're human beings who are suffering significant brain damage. And it's where is that balance? You know, where, where do we... Where do we call it a day on it? I mean, we've seen some doctors doctors stoppages in recent events and things like that, which I agree with. I think, you know, or ref stoppages or whatever. Um, but still, like when you see Khabib beat somebody up, it's it it's like hurtful. Like it makes me cringe. Like when I saw um Nunez beating the shit out of her. I was 
I was like, ugh. Like, I actually lift my hands over my head. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we just we need to call it. Like, nothing is going to change the way this goes. And I know there's always the puncher's chance. And I know we've had Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard. And I know, we, you know, there's situations in which you can call on where um, the toughness of a fighter comes out. You know, they have a chance of being resilient. And they turn around and win the fight spectacularly. But also we're smarter than that. Also we're more evolved than that. Also we've been around the sport long enough to know that that's the exception. And yes, it makes for great TV and great viewership and great highlights, etc. But in the long run, this is about protecting the fighters. And I think, I think if a fighter says they're done, they're done, in my opinion, because these are the toughest fucking people on the planet and the women included. So, I don't know what agreements are in place between their team and fighter um, on the Pennington side of things, but there's got to be something there that happens where, I don't know, I don't know. You just can't let a fighter, you can't send a fighter back out in that condition, I, I don't think, personally. But it made for a devastating stop. It was an exciting um, performance by Amanda Nunez and she looked uh, she looked pretty fucking good so you know what's next Cyborg for Nunez we'll see we'll see the joke memes have already come on um, on Twitter and you know online and everything like that and they're quite funny so we'll see what happens next but this was just to recap that uh, that this wasn't a terrible card uh, by any stretch of the imagination and I was wrong for misleading you guys to think that it wasn't worth staying up for although I didn't stay up for it I watched it the next day and I was happy to do it that way um, but yeah sometimes hey don't fucking listen to me but you know it's still 3am to watch a fight card so I was probably right um, so yeah it's great great show actually great great card um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's the recap and, you know, some of those other events that I mentioned we'll be covering and we'll be getting into, uh, as they, uh, as they show up because I think it is next weekend or the following week, we've got Darren Till versus Wonderboy. So that is going to be fucking chaos and I can't wait. Um, and I can't wait to, to kind of, yeah make my predictions on that it should be a good one so i just want to talk to you about a, a segment that i saw on uh, on the news this morning and it was about the bafta awards which is the british actors of film and tv awards or some shit like that um Like, I don't really care about award shows. Like, I don't watch them because I think it's just self-congratulatory bullshit. Um, but <laughs> I saw this thing today on the, t on, on the news and they were talking about the winners uh, that took home awards last night and that some people on social media were complaining that the show had been dumbed down and that the awards had been done dumbed down and they didn't stand for what they have historically stood for, which is quality television. Um, 
et cetera, et cetera. You know, standards, high quality standards, et cetera. But last night, they had, uh, there was a show on in the UK called Love Island. I, I don't fucking know it. I haven't seen it. I wouldn't watch a show called Love Island. Um, but it's, ex so it's the cast of Jersey Shore, The Only Way is Essex, and um, what's the other fucking one? Um, this is Chelsea or Made in Chelsea or some shit. Um, it's effectively like those type of characters on an island fucking each other is what I got as a gist of it. And a whole bunch of people watched it. Of course they did because of course they did. Um, and these people on TV were having a debate about like whether or not the BAFTAs were dumbing being dumbed down because this show won an award last night. And the person defending the show was saying because a lot of people watched it, it deserved to win a show. It deserved to win an award. And that doesn't equate to lack of quality or be the awards being dumbed down. And I was just thinking, well, it kind of does if that show was in the same show as, say, Blue Planet. Right, which lost on a couple of awards. And I haven't looked at like how they were all like nominated and stuff or how they were all grouped together, but you can imagine it's a fucking award show. It's not rocket science, right? So uh, for me, I'm just thinking, well, it kind of is. So, cause you're either going off quality in terms of, you know, it's, it's, it's content, it's subject matter, it's production, it's story, it's whatever, right? It's character arcs, if you want to go that way. Um, it's cinematography. It's special effects. It's um, single performances, right, by an actor or an actress or uh, score, right? Like things like this is my understanding of what award shows are. Not a whole bunch of fucking assholes watched a whole bunch of other fucking assholes stranded on a desert island, which they're not, fuck each other. Like that's not quality program. So if BAFTA al aligns with this show because of viewership, it is in a way promoting that kind of content. And that kind of content is absolutely a dumbed down version of content, of communication, of broadcasting, of storytelling, of whatever. Because it's a bunch of fucking idiots on an island fucking each other, talking about nothing, accomplishing nothing, doing nothing. And it wins an award for what? I don't even know what the fucking award was. And I don't care. The fact that it won an award for anything other than being a piece of shit is ridiculous. So the very simple answer to the question is yes. If BAFTAs are nominating or awarding this show with any sort of standard bearer for its category, and I don't know what its category was, but it is setting a precedent that this kind of television will be rewarded. Not just with viewers who are being dumbed down on a daily basis with the content they are fed, but 
but with awards and accolades and shit that reinforces it. So fuck you, BAFTAs, for acknowledging such garbage. And you can sit there, whoever you are, out there and say, well, if you haven't seen it, Daryl, you can't knock it. Mm, yeah, I can. For sure can. Seen enough commercials of the other types of shows that are out there in this sort of genre. And I'm good. I'm all good. I don't need to see five minutes of it, right? It's just like I don't need to know that little Tay, a nine-year-old girl who lives in Beverly Hills, who drives a fucking Lamborghini or whatever, is garbage. And her parents are garbage. The whole entire community that surrounds her is garbage because they're effectively acting in <coughs> prostitution. This is a little nine-year-old girl. Say what you like about her videos or anything like that. And I've only seen snippets via other channels. I've never sat down, gone, through a, gone down a rabbit hole of any of these people content or YouTube channels or anything like that, but I've seen, again, seen enough to know everyone around this little girl is a piece of shit because this is prostitution. This person doesn't know who they are. You're putting stacks of money in their hand, allowing them to drive a fucking supercar around the streets. And anyone around them would have the audacity to say that they're responsible or a positive influence on this person. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need to watch it in depth to know it's garbage. I don't need to watch Love Island to know that it does not deserve or warrant being given any sort of awards other than something that E! News or TMZ want to hand out. BAFTA has always stood for a standard. If it's not, it's becoming the MTV Awards. Recognize it for what it is and stop paying attention, engaging, and pretending it's something that it's not. You go one or two ways on these things, right? Unless you want to design a category that says most mindless, pointless, useless television show or series, can't have it. It's junk television. So unless you want to have a junk food award, I don't see how you could justify voting for a show like this to win any accolade in television. Because simple numbers do not equate to quality. It doesn't. Just because a million people like it doesn't mean it's good. And of course, I'm giving you my very, very humble opinion here because I'm sure many good people out there enjoy the fluff of this television and it's a, an escape. It, it is an escape. It's McDonald's for your mind. Eat it. Your mind will atrophy. And then you won't be able to think as critically as you would have before. And if you think that's... If you think that's a bit extreme on my part, I would, I would have to debate you on that. I would have to disagree with your point of view saying that fluff is just fluff. 
And yes, everything in moderation, including moderation and all of that good stuff. But some things you just shouldn't have at all because some things are just net negative, fully negative shit. And all those shows are like arguing, conflict, you know, drama, bullshit. And it's not good drama. It's it's the kind of drama that if you saw it on the street, you would walk the other way. Yet when we sit in our living rooms, we can't take our fucking eyes off it. It's really, really peculiar. But I just think that if the BAFTAs are going down this route, then they absolutely are dumbing down. Um, and they should be called out for it. But ultimately, award shows are all shit anyways. I mean, they don't mean anything except for the people in the room. They have no impact on anybody's life. So why the fuck do people care? It's like Eurovision, man. Eurovision is the biggest load of shit. I mean, how people can sit around and watch it is beyond me. But hey, there you go. There you go. You know, fucking each their own, whatever. Um, more important matters. It's moving day. If you don't follow politics or don't watch the news on a regular basis, you may have missed the fact that the U.S. Embassy in Israel is being moved to no man's land in Jerusalem. No man's land is occupied territory, recognized occupied territory, and therefore equates to a, a violation of international law and international uh, sentiment about moving the embassy from where it is now to Jerusalem. Trump, there's no way Trump was pitching up for this ceremony. No fucking way was he pitching up to this ceremony because at the end of the day, when faced with real conflict, bullies are pussies. He wasn't going to put himself in harm's way. No way, no how. So he sent his daughter, sent his daughter and his son-in-law, Ivanka and Jared, have arrived for the ceremony in the procession today whilst Israeli soldiers are beating up protesters in Gaza and other parts of Palestine snipers are taking aim and firing at protesters but careful watch careful what cable news channel you watch because you may or may not see certain parts of this conversation and you may you may find yourself wanting to say oh daryl seems very anti-semitic anti-semitic he seems very anti-israel well daryl's not anti-israeli people at all daryl's not anti-jewish people at all just like he's not anti-palestinian Right? Because it's not a problem with the people of these countries. It's a problem with the government in control of these people. 
and their connections to other popular characters in the political sphere these days, like Mr. Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu and, you know. Who the fuck does Donald Trump think he is that he can make a call like this? People have backed off of this decision because they know it does nothing for the peace process in the long run. This is a blatant disregard for the Palestinian people, the plight of them being resettled, rehomed, marginalized, subjugated, um, attacked, murdered. I mean, I can, I can keep going here. Yet they side up with Israel on this to further the subjugation of the Palestinian people. Part of the peace process has always been that Jerusalem will be divided. Because anybody that doesn't have context on Jerusalem, it is a center, holy site, for I think three major religions. And Trump has basically said, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna help Israel establish this as their land further marginalizing Palestine, whose land it was originally, and basically with that, having the security forces that will come along with needing an embassy in a place like Jerusalem after the conflict and, and continued conflict happens, they're going to effectively engage in the same sort of behavior that Israel troops are engaging in now. This is... I mean, from a foreign policy, Middle East peace process talk, this is potentially the only thing that could have taken that conflict further away from an agreement. You know, notwithstanding like the assassination of like a, a presidential figure, uh, like the like like Benjamin Netanyahu, like if he got like if he got assassinated or something like that. You know, obviously, it would be a holocaust in Palestine after that. Um, but this is the thing that can take it farthest away from an agreement. Or at least even farther away from where it currently was. Because I don't think they were even talking. So for me, it's just, it's just a bit distressing that, one, an outside power can make a call like this on... Uh, what is, again, internationally recognized occupied land and no man's land. So that basically equates to America uh, coming in and, and taking over occupied land, which belongs to Palestine, which is being controlled by force by Israel now to be helped and aided by America. Say anything about this and you hate the Jews or you're anti-Semitic. Point out the fact that a nuclear power is effectively holding the rightful occupants of a territory hostage 
and treating them like slaves, controlling their water supply, their soil quality, you know, the resources that they can and cannot have, like electricity and running water. And tell me how this is okay. Convince me. Like I said to you guys before, I'm always here to change my mind if possible, but convince me. Convince me that this is a good thing. Convince me that this is gonna help the peace process. Convince me that this isn't an idiotic, short-term move to just sew up some, some favors, some favors. It's a really sad time, and <clears throat> pardon me, and I feel terrible for the Palestinian people who, because of this move, will categorically be subjugated further. They will be put under tighter restraints, worse conditions, and they will continue to a further degree to be treated like prisoners or in their own country and third or fourth class citizens in their own country. Tell me how it's not. Tell me how it's a good thing. I just wanna hear one person say, this is actually a really positive move because, and come up with something succinct. I, I just don't see I don't see a hap I don't see how you can. I don't see one. And I don't know everything about the situation. You know, and I'm not a professor on foreign relations or any of that sort of shit, but I just see what I look at and I see what I observe and I see what I research. And it's just fucked up, man. It's it's fucked up that it's gone on for so long and ultimately will not end. There will not be an end because this is religious based. This is based at the heart of religion and at the heart of stories that are, let's be honest, fucking made up. But that rabbit hole is for a whole other conversation. We got more important things to talk about, guys. The royal weddings next week. God damn it. Can you believe it? Fucking Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are getting hitched. <sighs> I mean, I didn't think it would ever come. Did you? I can't believe it's finally here. I mean, get the bunting out. Fucking get the flags a-waving. This is everything we are. Fucking royal wedding. I give it, and call, call me pessimistic, I give it five years. I give it five years. But I've, I've said my point on this before. <laughs> I mean, this is e-entertainment for British people. This gives everybody an opportunity to be like, ha hey, I'm a dumb fuck. This is my time and I can get away with it because it's about the royal family. I don't buy it. I'm not. I'm, unfortunately, I'm going to have to watch it. 
for reasons that I won't go into, but um Oh, here's a good one. Guys, while I'm on the podcast with you, just as an FYI, sometimes I might like, my voice might go like that. It's because I'm looking at the television. Yeah, I'm watching TV while I'm talking to you sometimes, but it's only the news. I'm not watching E! News. I'm watching BBC. I'm watching Al Jazeera. I'm watching Reuters. I'm watching all of these other fucking outlets, right? And 16 Palestinians are dead already. I mean, it's just troops on one side of the border and just fucking desperate people on the other side. It's brutal. 16 people already. Great move, Trump, you fucking halfwit. You're a fucking douchebag. Fuck, man. Anyways. Royal Wedding, guys. I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch it. But again, it's like you go from uh, the Gaza-Israeli thing to coverage starts on Thursday. It's like, what the fuck, guys? What are you doing? Coverage starts on Thursday? You're going to give me three or four days on BBC? For Harry and Meghan's wedding? What the fuck, man? Sorry, sorry. I shouldn't be so aggressively against it, right? Can we stop wasting our fucking time? Can we start? This is how shit like this happens, guys. Nobody takes action but for a quick second. And then poof. Fucking like Kaiser Soze, right? 720 injuries already today in Palestine. Fucking come on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get irate with you guys. Don't mean to get irate, but this is insanity. This is insanity. In the, in, in the space of a single breath, I got to talk about a fucking royal wedding that is sucking taxpayers' money out of the system for nothing. And at the same time, talk about how people are being aimlessly gunned down and murdered as I speak. Because this fat, ignorant piece of shit over there made a campaign promise to some fucking rednecks a year and a half ago and refuses to change his mind on it. And because he promised Benjamin Netanyahu fuck knows what for future Trump organization-related business matters going forward, and I'm speculating, but is it outside of the realm of possibility? Is it even, does it even sound weird? Because I don't think it does. So, I will be watching the royal wedding because it's going to be a lovely fucking time. For everybody to take their minds off of shit that, oh, we don't want to think of. Well, I got a fucking newsflash for you guys. You don't think about it anyways. You don't spend time thinking about shit that's outside of your social sphere. Right? Who's got time for that? We got money to make. We got bills to pay. We got kids to feed, animals to look after. We got shit to do, right? Who's got time to worry about all of the problems in the world? The answer, nobody. But if we paid attention to it 2% more than we did now, maybe a light bulb would go off in one of us to say, I need to action something here.
I need to actually try my best to affect some sort of change. Or at least be accountable to what pays and what does not pay. I will not fund McDonald's television because I would rather put my time, effort, resources, and attention into something that was helping my critical thinking skills disseminate the world around me. How about that? How about cut down on the garbage that you eat? And this is going to take us fucking seamlessly into the next conversation. How about we think more about what we watch, what we eat, what we listen to? What we consume, not just physically, but mentally as well, because it's just as important. Your brain is a motherfucking muscle, and if you don't work it out, it's going to atrophy, and it's going to stop working the way it was meant to work, and then guess what? You're a fucking blob that can't tell whether it's being fed a lie, being fed manipulation, whatever. And then... My friends, compadres, you are part of the problem. You're a passive part of the problem. And is not someone that sits and watch, sits and watches an injustice as guilty as the person committing it? Social responsibility, I guess, right? And here I am preaching like I'm a motherfucking pope or some sort of actionist or activist or whatever. But I'm just a guy talking into a microphone about some shit that bothers me. And maybe that's my way of trying to affect change. Maybe that's the best way I know how to affect change. Because what this does what this medium does and what I love about this medium so much is that it quietens down all of the noise. It's just me and you and we're having a chat and I'm giving you my point of view on some things and you can take that and run with it or you can take that and throw it in the garbage. It's up to you. But at least I'm putting some thoughts forward. At least I'm trying to critically think and disseminate what's being shown to me on a daily basis, what I'm being told truthfully or not, intentionally or not, what can I do with that information? And then how can I take that information, unpack it, unravel it, and try to give it back to you guys? Sure, with an opinion, 100%. If you're not critically thinking, then an opinion would be absent. Which is why I fall down so hard on you know, one side or another with a lot of these conversations. But it's also why I also caveat almost everything with change my mind. I'm ready to hear your point of view of it. I'm ready to hear the other side of it. The problem is, in a lot of these cases, we've already heard it. We've already heard it. And if that's the best argument you got, it's no kind of argument at all. And therefore, with any luck, eventually, rationality will persevere. 
time will tell. But again, just uh, just my opinion, guys. Right? Just fucking here, sitting here talking to you guys. Just giving you my giving you my thoughts. So, along with the critically important dumbing down of award shows in Britain, it seems there's some other topics that may be uh, gracing the headlines today that are slightly more important than what shows we give awards to. But you know, we're going to give you the fluff. We're going to give you a bit of that shit as well. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a couple other bits that they're a bit strange, I think. A bit strange. One One's kind of weird, right? So in the Supreme Court in the UK today is a couple fighting for its right to... I should stop. I should. I should go back a heterosexual couple that is fighting for their right to be granted a civil partnership instead of a marriage. Now, I'm not going to sit here and break down point by point the difference between a marriage and a civil partnership, but what I will say is it was it was effectively a measure put in place before the country came to its senses to understand that marriage between two people of the same sex and two people of different sexes doesn't matter, right? When they made gay marriage legal, afforded the rights of their heterosexual counterparts, well now, because a lot of people out there are just cohabiting, right? And a lot of people don't necessarily believe in the union and partnership and contract with the state that marriage is. And I totally get that. I totally get that. So these specific people here today have asked and are challenging a decision uh, in the Supreme Court that they are granted a civil partnership. So they're not bound to the state with a contract and things like that. They are recognized with certain rights and et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not going to fucking go through the nuances of each one. If you want, go and look it up. So again, obviously, there's a, a debate because everybody's got a fucking opinion on every single side and every single in-between each side. And, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it, right? So why the fuck wouldn't I too? My main issue with it kind of comes as, and I get what the guy was saying, right? Like it was, it was put in place as kind of, as kind of like, a, this guy said it was put in place as a not quite as good as rule or law, the civil partnerships for gay people, rather than a progressive step. And the reason that he's against this heterosexual couple being granted a civil partnership is because of the connotation that civil partnership always had negatively in terms of still holding gay people and those in the LGP, LGBT community back, right? So he sees it as a as an archaic, out-of-date law. 
and doesn't think it should be granted to heterosexuals who are trying to make it positive, right? You can see where we're going with this, guys, right? You can see the absurdity already unfolding. Because what this guy was ultimately doing was talking about himself. It was talking, he was talking about how it made him feel rather than the fact that it would grant these people a certain feeling, a certain alleviation of pressure, whatever. And I'm not necessarily one way or the other on this because to me, if you're gonna be with someone, you're gonna be with them. And I get that the law doesn't work that way and I get that all the benefits and all the financial implications and all the tax implications and all of that stuff. But for me, it's kind of an arbitrary agreement. It's like a, it's just something that ropes you into being put into a bucket and a silo of like, all right, well, these people pay this much to us or these people are identified by, it's like, so marriage to me is very archaic, right? I think... There's nothing a couple of lawyers couldn't figure out over, you know, over a brunch in terms of if you really wanted a contract. And I can understand why people would want contracts in marriage and, and, and protections and things like that. For sure. For sure. But shouldn't it be like flexible? Shouldn't it be kind of like a, because we've already decided, right, that gay people and 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 heterosexual people, they're all kind of even playing right now in terms of like the institution of marriage, right? But shouldn't the institution of marriage itself be something that is flexy? Like there shouldn't, shouldn't there be like kind of, I don't know, like maybe like a marriage and a marriage light or like a marriage or... I don't know, like different, like different tiers of it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to say like about 400 more times before I get this thought out. It's up to you, right? You two are cohabiting. You guys are going forward in this marriage. Should there not be a basis of agreement when that happens as to what life is going to be like structurally, um, financially, um, in terms of kids, in terms of divorce, in terms of like, why should anybody else have a say on this? If they want to charge like the taxes or whatever, you know, if there's, if there's a wider tax implication to the government, okay, cool. If you register for marriage or if you register, register for one of these partnerships, there's a tax ban that goes along with that. So on and so forth. I know I'm making it very, 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 very complicated, but I just don't understand why there should be some delineation between civil partnerships and marriage. Because like at the end of the day, it's just two people wanting to fucking hang out for the rest of their lives, right? And then maybe one day they don't. Well, maybe they should pay to sort that shit out on their own, like they kind of do. And then the lawyers get involved. Then you got to fill out a, a divorce form or whatever. Right, and then you gotta separate from the state as well. You gotta let the state know. What the fuck's business is it of theirs? Right? I just think we 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 tend to want to fall down these complaining mine shafts of making stuff up 
that's a problem for the sake of making stuff up to be a problem. And I think that's what the social media editor of the um, of the Eye was doing uh, on television this morning. He did not have a very, very strong argument. It was all based around his own thoughts and his own feelings and gave no real consideration to the wider institution, really, of marriage, which is a completely outdated institution in and of itself. People should be able to do what they want. But there should be certain frameworks in place. Not so, I don't think such rigid frameworks. I think they should be much more flexible and, and nuanced. But I don't think the state should have a mandatory say in whether or not they get to make a decision on whether or not two people set up their lives in a certain way or not. I don't know. It's just really weird to me. It's just really weird. I just feel like it's like going down this rabbit hole of everybody's got something to fucking complain about. I don't know. Maybe I think too much. I know the transition wasn't as smooth from my last conversation or my my uh, my last topic before the uh, the heterosexual couple wanting civil partnership because I meant to actually speak about something. The kids today are. less physically active, more sedentary, and eat a worse diet than that of their parents or that of the generation previous to them. Categorically. Categorically. And so, there are a couple of things I think that could be implemented in the UK that could have a drastic effect on childhood obesity. And just to give you an example, when kids start school in this country, one out of four of them are obese by the metrics that you're that, that, that they are using, which is you know, generally nothing more than BMI, which is not that accurate anyways but it can give you an indication I suppose but I mean you know if a six-year-old's obese it's the sight test but I think the things that need to be done in this country in order to kind of quell this problem and and, and start to start to make an impact on this problem one, school lunches. Diet is everything. If you get these kids addicted to sugar now, they're fucked for life. Physical education in schools is another huge one because 
most physical education classes are just kids pissing around doing nothing. And I think we should be teaching our kids to be physically active, mobile. Second, is out of the schools and at the home with the parents who are often children having children who have no money, no job a lot of times and very little education I imagine but this is a socioeconomic problem for the most part We are not making it easy enough to get these, these people, these families, the quality of food that they should be feeding each other. We also don't need babies having babies. Because you're just breeding a cycle of no education, no resources, Just bad cyclical habits. For the kids that are out there already, they need to be boosted with social programs. They need to have places to go that can oftentimes get them out of the house that they're in because the house that they're in is oftentimes a very negative place, a very abusive place, a very loud place, a very chaotic place. So social programs need to be put into action for these communities. A wider scope of interests need to be adhered to in these communities from a physical activity standpoint. And kids need to be encouraged into athletics a lot more than they are. What you don't need to do is weigh these poor little bastards all the time. Because that's going to give them a fucking complex. Your yearly check-in for a fat check. How about the people around these kids take some fucking responsibilities and give them some fucking options? I don't know where the funding comes from to put this shit in kids' schools. I mean, our grocery stores are just littered, littered with garbage. I see mothers feeding their kids fucking crisps and sweets at seven in the morning to keep them quiet. I mean, it's a detailed, detailed conversation, right? And... I just think that there's more that can be done that's not being done and not even being really looked at in any great detail because kids who are six years old should not be obese. It's just, it's just not something that should happen. And I'm putting this shit on the adults. You should not be weighing these kids. You should be looking at their parents 
and looking at the teachers around them, looking at the educators and the influencers. Because kids don't buy their own groceries and kids don't choose their own school lunch. Kids don't choose what snacks they get. Kids do what they're told and they get what they're given. And they do what they see. And they say what they hear. They are products of their environment. And the environment that we've created for kids is not good enough. And you can see it as a result. And if we want to go one further, the fucking media needs to get involved too. Because the media is a fucking prostitute for anybody with a bankroll. They'll find a way to push shit to your kids, trust me. Oh, they'll find a way to get sugar in those bodies. Oh, for sure they'll get them addicted to television. Oh, for sure they'll get them addicted to video games. For sure. Be like, oh, I've heard studies that like kids that actually play video games are, um, are doing well on exams. Maybe. But that doesn't mean they should be doing it 12 to 15 hours a day. Or fucking eight hours a day. Or six hours a day. Or whatever. Right? These motherfucking kids can't even throw a ball anymore. These fucking kids don't even know how to write in cursive anymore. These motherfuckers don't even know how to read analog clocks anymore. They are products of the environment we have created for them. This is not a situation where you can tell the victim to pick, pull themselves up by the bootstraps. It's not one of those situations. The people around these children are directly and categorically responsible for the results they are now faced to deal with. Simple as that. As simple as that. If the educators, administrators, and people that run the school system in this country allow shit food into the schools that they feed their kids on a daily basis, they are responsible. And the government's responsible if they can't balance the funding to get them the quality food, then those government ministers are responsible. Further to that, if that is compounded by a poor diet and poor lifestyle at home, the parents are responsible. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I hear the fucking argument about I don't have the money to feed my kids vegetables or make them a good meal whilst talking on your motherfucking iPhone, I'm going to flip my wig. I'm going to flip my fucking wig because it's no excuse. It's no excuse. Do better. How about that? Do better. Or how about this? Radical fucking idea. Stop having kids. If you're living off the system, how dare you have four children? If you're making minimum wage, how dare you have four children? How dare you? What gives you the audacity to think that you deserve 
or that you can manage responsibly the lives of those four children. I know what you're doing. You're fucking playing a gamble. You're like, if I can hit one out of four, there might be something here for my retirement. Very, very crude way to look at it, right? I don't think I'm off base in saying it. What are we talking about here? Do we not know what contraception is? <clears throat> Do we not know that we don't have... I make good money, okay? Not, I'm not rich, not by any fucking stretch of the imagination. Or I'd be on a fucking beach somewhere and I wouldn't be talking into a microphone right now. Or I probably would be actually, but I don't make any fucking money from this podcast. I have a job and I work hard at that job. And when I work hard at that job, I get compensated for that job. And I've gotten compensated well enough from that job to buy myself a little baby house in a city that I love, in a neighborhood that seems pretty cool with my wife, a couple of dogs, and we're doing all right. We want to take a trip, we can take a trip. We want to buy a car, we can buy a car, right? Things like this. If my boiler breaks and it's going to cost me a couple grand to fix it, I can afford to fix it. No problem. The idea of having a child, not from an emotional point of view, not from a mental point of view, from a financial point of view, terrifies me. Being very honest, it fucking terrifies me for a couple of reasons. One, I'm very selfish. I enjoy doing what I like to do when I like to do it, how I like to do it. Obviously, there's compromise within that statement because I have a family and I'm not a fucking narcissistic psycho, right? But I'm still selfish with my time. And I think that is a very, very strong, not a strong, I think that is a very honest admission to make when you're having a conversation about children. The second is financial. I've always said to myself, because I grew up very, very poor, I've always said to myself, I will never have a kid that I cannot provide every major landmark moment for in their life. For instance, they want for nothing ever. They have security in case, I don't know, my house gets hit by a fucking dragon, right? I don't know. I can rebuild, relocate, no problem. They want to go to college, I can afford to send them to college. They want to go to the best school, I can afford to send them to the best school. They want to get married, I can pay for the marriage. They want a deposit for a house, I can provide it. Things like this make their life as easy as possible financially whilst challenging them and developing them to the highest degree possible that I'm capable of. That was my goal with having kids if I was to ever have them. I think for a number of different reasons, that's probably not in the cards for me. Um, one is my cynicism about the world in general, but that's a conversation for another day, I'm sure. But I would never have the audacity to think that I could bring in the ki a kid or more or kids into the world and everything's gonna be hunky-dory. I know you gotta take that leap. I know, and you just got to do it, right? And no time is the right time to have kids, but every time is the perfect time to have kids, right? It's one of those. I don't fucking buy it, to be honest with you. Um, 
but my my worry is that I'll get to an old age and I'll regret it, right? So we'll see what happens on that front. I've drifted, but my fucking point is this. If I'm in a position where I'm doing okay and I'm so trepidatious about taking that leap, whether it be from a personal point of view or strictly from a financial point of view, don't you think these people should be giving some more consideration before they get pregnant, fucking knocked up, forget their contraception in the fucking pharmacy and plop out four kids in four years? I can't tell you how many times I go into the grocery store or I'm waiting for a train or a bus or whatever it may be and I see a woman with four kids that are one year older than another times four. I think to myself, like, how do you even, like, what the fuck? Like, how, how do you even manage? Like, <clears throat> that's terrifying to me. <clears throat> and I think people should be a little less blasé about having kids than they are. Because I think it's all too easy. And I think we make it too easy for these people to just drain the system man it's a fucking drain on the system and these kids get nothing out of it because their mom doesn't have the fucking time or inclination to pay attention to four kids she's exhausted still from having the first one next time the pops touched her she got pregnant again she's had no time to rest in the last four years she's exhausted make it worse she had her first kid when she was 17 or 18 years old so her education's fucking shit. And then, well, let's take a fucking wild guest here. Maybe she's maybe she's staying at home watching daytime television all the time. So her mind's turned into mush, compounded by the fact that her body's turned into mush, compounded by the fact that she's probably not got the money to buy healthy, nutritious food. Right? So it's like, well, oh shit, Daryl, well, shouldn't we help these people out? For sure, we should help them out by educating them about fucking contraception and the problems and the finance realities of having four children. I think you should have a license to have a child. How's that for a statement of controversy? I think you should be required to have a license before you have a child. We need a license to drive a motor vehicle. You need a license in this country to fucking watch television. You need a license to get married. Right? You need a license to have a phone. Or you need a contract. Bit of over embellishment. Right? You want to go hunting? You need a license. Drive a motorcycle or a boat, you need a license. You want to operate a forklift? You got to get your forklift driver's license. They don't let you handle heavy machinery without being qualified to do so. Why the fuck do we think that it is okay to plop out a child just because we let some guy nut in us? And I'm talking in the female perspective, obviously. Thank you. Some dude can nut in a chick 
And that's it. That's your fucking barrier to entry to bringing a fucking person onto the planet that's going to be around for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. You've got to have a barrier to entry. There's got to be some qualifying markers. Right? You think they're going to give me a fucking loan at Barclays Bank? Or HSBC, if I don't got the money and the evidence and the and the proof to back it up that can pay that loan off, it costs on average two hundred and fifty thousand pounds to raise a child from birth to college, and that's just the basics. So why would we let somebody bring a child into the world that didn't have the means to do so? Are we not setting that kid up for catastrophe and failure and a harder go at this difficult life that it already is for everybody? This is, it, 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 it's actually not controversial to me when I say it. It's not. And I know under my own proposal here, if you want to call it that, I wouldn't be around. So I get it. I get it. I get what the alternate argument is to this. I do. I wouldn't be here if that was already in place 40 years ago, right? Let's say. I'm not 40 yet, by the way, motherfuckers. Um, I get it. I am the other side of that argument to an extent. You know, I haven't won a fucking Peace Prize or, you know, I have built a Fortune 500 company or anything like that. But from where I came from, to where I am, yeah. Some shit could have went the other way. Let's just say that. I get it. There are exceptions to the rules. And we don't want eugenics and we don't want selective breeding and we don't want that. We're going that way regardless. I am fucking hate to tell you, but, and if you're like, what, 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 what? Just, Google CRISPR, read, and then we can talk about some shit, okay? It's going that way. But I just think there needs to be some more consideration put into this process. Fuck, man, we got to eugenics from childhood obesity. How about that? Um, I just think that more, more responsibility needs to be put on our government, on our teachers, on our service providers within the educational community, and on the parents to do better. Because these kids don't have a choice. They are effectively your pets. You look after them. You decide when they eat, what they eat, what they see, how they're treated, how they feel. So we need to do better because right now we're falling down because that stat I gave you of 25% of kids that start school, when they start school, 25% of them are obese, are, are overweight and obese. The number jumps up to 45 to 60% depending on the area 
when those kids are 10 and 12 years old. The UK population borders along the lines of 50% obesity. I don't give a fuck what metrics you're looking at. BMI, whatever. You shouldn't get anywhere near 50% obesity. And I think from that perspective, we need to take a look at the fucking positive body image bullshit that goes around far too much online these days. Because I'm sorry, a positive body image is not obesity. I don't care if you're happy with it or not. And you're an obese person. You are not healthy. You do not have a positive body image for a whole run, whole list of scientific and physiological reasons. Okay? It's just a fucking fact. So these fat models that are like, oh, I don't want to be ridiculed because I'm overweight. I got positive body image. I got, I'm, I'm a proud big woman. Okay. Okay. But are you healthy? You might be happy being fat. No problem. Be happy being fat. I would love to have a conversation with those people to see how many of those folks actually are truly happy or if they found themselves a little niche. And please do not get this confused with me saying that models are the way and the body type that we should be aiming for because that's not healthy either. What's healthy is balance. If you are a five foot two woman and you're 17 stone, you're not healthy. I'm telling you, I don't give a fuck. You're not healthy. Positive body image comes with health. It comes with vitality. It comes with a certain physiological profile. It comes with a certain... Um, it, it comes with certain measures, man. Like... Like if you're that heavy, there's a chance you've got high blood pressure. There's a there's a much higher risk of cardiovascular disease. There's a much higher risk of uh, diabetes, onset diabetes. You know, um, sleep apnea, breathing. Pro you know, all these fucking problems. Hypertension is the number one killer, folks. Okay. It's fat. It's carrying around the wrong profile on your body. So, in my opinion, fuck those models, okay? They're promoting the wrong message. And I will say this again, in case anybody wants to soundbite this or backlash against me, I don't think models are the right body type either. It's a mix, it's, it's a place in the middle it's a place in the middle and it's not determined by how you look. That is not the marker here. The marker is what is your physiology saying? Do you have a good heart? Do you have 
good circulation? Are you an active person? Do you eat the, the necessary macro and micronutrients that are required to be a healthy functioning individual? Being skinny is not healthy. Being fat is not healthy. It's somewhere in the middle. There is the moderate point. It's the same with everything. The good, the good spot is somewhere in the middle, guys. I know we got on a tangent here. I fucking, all I wanted to do was talk about the kids in this country and, and how wrong they're being done. And the fact that they don't have any mechanism in which to do anything about it unless they take to the streets and demand a change in their school program. A demand, but what are you going to do? You're going to protest against your fucking parents? Mom, I need you to stop buying me fish, fingers, and nuggets. Like, stop buying me frozen food. Like, sugary drinks have got to go out of my household, Mom. Like, there's a wider education piece here, guys. It's a big deal. But, um, yeah, I don't fucking know. God, we went through a lot, eh? Jeez. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? Well, I saw the tickets. Then when I saw the luggage, I put two and two together. <laughs> Sorry. I watched some old films this weekend. Um, right, I think I'm done. I think I'm done, guys. Sorry, that ended on a bit of a fucking negative note. I'm sorry. Um, we talk about shit, though, guys. Right? I'm not just talking about the fashion that the fucking people at the BAFTAs are wearing. I'm not talking about shit like that. I'm not interested. I'll cover it just to tell you how much I fucking hate it. But that's not what we're doing here. We're talking about shit. We need to, we need to work things out. Kids, when in doubt, drink water. When in doubt, eat something that can be killed. Right? Water, plants, vegetables, fruits, animals. If it's only ever lived in a package, it's got nothing you want and absolutely nothing you need. I don't imagine that my audience creeps that way, but if fucking Logan Paul's out there listening, pass this message along to your fans because I know they're about the right age demographic. Lil Tay, if you're out there, fucking listen. And tell your friends, eat a salad. Stop drinking fucking Red Bulls. Right. I'm done. I'm out. I love you guys. I didn't mean to end like this. Fuck, it's such a sunny day. I'm feeling good as well. Sorry, sometimes we gotta get dark. Sometimes we gotta get deep. Sometimes we gotta talk about some shit that may not smell so good. But but we've covered them and now we move on. And I'm sure we'll bring these subjects up again because they don't just fizzle out and die. But we move past it now. We move on to the rest of the week. We enjoy the sunshine. We enjoy life. And we'll be back real soon because we're going to keep this 
bitch rolling. This is episode 32 of The Quiet Part Loud. I'm coming back this week with 33, and before you know it, we're going to be on 40, and before you know it, we're going to be in triple digits. So come along for the ride, because it's just getting started, and I'm just finding my feet. I'm freeballing this shit, right? There's nobody giving me advice. There's nobody giving me this, that, and the other thing, except what I hear from you guys. So keep that feedback coming. Let me know what we're doing right. Let me know what you might want to see added. Let me know what you might want to see removed. And all opinions and all comments and feedback will be given consideration on the merit of those comments. But we definitely want to hear from you guys. So like I said... 32 show 32 is a wrap we'll be back real soon and until next time guys all the best